friends, Roman countrymen. Welcome to episode 10, Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is Friday, January 2-5. It is somewhat boring TV weekend because we got the NHL All-Star Game. We got the Pro Bowl. And yeah, not a lot of hockey until, what, February 1st, I think it is. So, but anyways, we're going to get into, there was only one game. Which actually made recording this kind of weird. I've forgotten multiple times today that I had to record because there's only one game this week. I was expecting, usually it's after two that I'm recording. So, but anyways, Caps versus Leafs that happened Wednesday. We got the CHL top CHL slash NHL top prospects game. Uh, And we got some news and notes from around around the league. Uh, the first one that I wanted to... I'm going to get into the NHL Central Scouting list actually when I get into the Top Prospects game. I'm going to give my opinions on that. Um, first off, we're going to do a little standings watch. So right now, there's been a little bit of movement in uh, in the NHL. Not movement, I want to say, but things that have differed from people's preseason predictions and the number one thing that stands out and what I've been asked is the New York Islanders what is this how are they this good like didn't the Leafs take their best player weren't they a lost cause and my answer to that to all of that is pretty much yes yes and yes I didn't think they'd make the playoffs I didn't think they'd really come close to making the playoffs I mean Tavares was a big part of their team it's very nice, though, to see that Justin Bailey is uh, performing up to his contract standards. Or Josh Bailey, sorry, Justin Bailey. I was looking at his name earlier. Josh Bailey is performing up to his contract uh, that he signed last year before Tavares left. So it's good to see him performing well. Uh, Anders Lee, pending U, uh, UFA, is performing very well as uh, too. He says he claims that he doesn't want to leave. This is his only place. Blah blah blah. I don't know. We'll see, buddy. Put pen to paper, and then I'll believe you. But I mean, from what I from the first looks at this team, so they have Jordan. I believe is not having the best year. Uh, Twenty three points in forty five games. Uh, Sixteen thirty in ice time. It's not very much either. So he's fifth in scoring on the team, and then they got Brock Nelson who's playing pretty well, actually. I believe his contract's up pretty soon. I'll look into that. But anyways, they have Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, as I said, playing very well, Anders Lee, uh, and obviously Matthew Barzell, the the guy that got passed on so many times in that 2015 draft, and he's making teams that passed on him pay. And severely, because he has been awesome his first year and a half in the NHL. Just lights out. The kid's electric. Anyways, Brock Nelson is another pending UFA on that team. Uh, he's currently fourth in the league in scoring. Uh, interesting one here because he signed, I don't know, he was having a bit of a spute with the uh, spat with the Islanders. And then he signed a short-term deal uh, and put up. he's put up 45 points and then 35 last year. 19 goals, though. And then he had 35 points in 82 games last year. He's already got 31 right now. Now, I mean, 
you know, when you think of Brock Nelson, he's not the most marquee offensive player, and he has seen a big boost in his ice time as well this year, so that is part of it. His shooting percentage hasn't gone up much, but, and then we're going to look at the defense with the Islanders too. So I'd say five solid offensive players that they got. Five. Barzal, Lee, Bailey, Nelson, Eberle. Phil Pula, no. Sezikes, not really. Bavillier, maybe in a couple of years, not right now. On defense, they got Ryan Pulak, who's coming into his own. He's playing very well. Nick Letty's a pretty good offensive defenseman. He's kind of been trailing off in the past couple uh, year or two, I want to say. I believe he won the green jacket last year, which is the, um, the worst plus minus in the league. And yes, he did. Minus 42 with 42 points. Nice. Nice. Um, on defense, they also got Scott Mayfield. He's a pretty big body back there. Johnny Boychuk, his offensive flair is kind of flamed out. He's only he's not playing as much as he used to. Adam Pellick's just a big, solid guy back there. So pretty much Devin Taves is one that I'm interested in keeping an eye on. He's scored pretty well in the AHL. Thomas Hickey just hasn't done much. Um, so on, on defense, not... It's okay. I mean, it's not too bad. Brian Pulak, I like. Nick Letty is okay. Scott Mayfield's decent. Boychuk, sure. So, I mean, it's it's nothing to brag about, but it's not too too bad, I want to say. I mean, maybe some of their possession numbers aren't as strong as what they would like. Um, but we'll get. It, it's okay. It's okay. And then in net, somehow, I mean, Thomas Grice was horrible last year. He went from being, he was okay, okay, and then he was horrible last year. I think he may have, may have had two good starts. Somehow had went 13-8-2, but he had an 8-9-2. He was just terrible last year. But, you know, because everyone predicted them to be bad, he's, he's been good this year. 9-20, 2-5-0. And then Robin Lehner, who, good on him. I mean, what a comeback story. 931. 931 save percentage. I don't think anyone saw that one coming. He's, I think, if he gets a couple more starts under his belt, he's going to be moving his way into Vesna Vesna talk, pretty much. So, my overall look at the Islanders and... Because there was not a lot going on this week, I was able to take a better look at them. Uh, after looking at their team advanced stats too, this just doesn't look sustainable. And I know I might look stupid when if they make the playoffs and they do well, whatever. Like it, this just doesn't seem sustainable. There aren't enough top quality forwards to say that they're a good offensive team. There's not enough good solid defensemen back there or high-quality defensemen back there to say they're a good defensive team. Their goalies, who knows? I mean, this is a good stretch, you can call it. So how do you know that it's going to continue? So right now, this is such a... It's not even a coin flip, I'm going to call it. I'm just going to say they're they're overperforming what they're... They're going over their heads. They're overperforming what they should be doing right now. And it's a streak. I mean, we saw the Buffalo Sabres, Sabres win 10 in a row. So to see the Islanders doing as well, it's awesome to see. 
maybe they do slip into the playoffs because they are nine points above Buffalo right now. But as of right now, I, I just don't see it as a very dangerous and sustainable team. They're sticking to the system, they're saying, which is why they're winning. But, I mean, good teams still pull it out when they uh, move away from that system, so to speak. There's just not, I, don't, I just don't see enough talent on this team to sustain the 29, 15, and 5 record. So, anyways, my other standings watch was the Hurricanes, kind of, maybe, hopefully, they do something. 50 games played, so Pittsburgh has two less games played than them. Pittsburgh's in the last wildcard spot. They have 58 points, 48 games played, Pittsburgh does. And the Hurricanes have 54 games, 54 points, 50 games played. So, a little bit of a margin off, but... I think I mean, the the Hurricanes, Nino Nita riders fit in there extremely well. Um, they obviously aren't getting the goal. To, I mean, that's was pretty expected at the beginning of the season. I mean, pretty ragtag group back there. I mean, Scott Darling, we saw what he did last year. So, no surprise that when he started off with an injury at the beginning of this year that he didn't do extremely well. Curtis mcelaney has been okay. So maybe and Mrazek just such a wild card back there. But, I mean right now Tara Vinan's added some juice to this offense. Hopefully Svechnikov is out of his rut that he was in. It was like a 20 game rut or so. Or 15 game rut. He's an extremely offensive, uh, talented offensive player. So maybe he can provide some offense. Dougie Hamilton's stepping it up a little bit so a lot of players stepping it up inch by inch so hopefully they can all come together and play well because they do have some talent on this team i mean sebastian aho is a terrific player as we've all seen tuvo teravainen another solid player they have him locked up into the future and then after that like i mean the guys aren't performing very well but i think justin williams is a decent player michael furlan's a decent player Jacob Slavin's a solid defenseman. As I said, Andre Svechnikov, young, but a lot of potential there. Dougie Hamilton's a solid player. Uh, Brett Pesci is not bad. I just, I'm not going to talk about him because Leafs fans talk about him for some reason so much. But Calvin DeHaan's not bad. He's a good fourth defenseman or so. Uh, TVR's not great. He's whatever. Meh. So hopefully they can get some league average goaltending and that these guys that have stepped it up a little bit Justin Falk too needs to step it up that was one I missed but hopefully these guys that have stepped it up a little bit just inch by inch that they can continue to do that and make this east playoff race uh, a lot more interesting than it is uh, right now so anyways that's the standing watch standings watch right there that was the east in the West right now, again, it's it's a, a complete wild card there. Uh, Minnesota has finally moved into a, the third spot into the Central. Right now, the wild card spots are Dallas with 52 points, 49 games played. Right behind them is Colorado. I mean, right now, this is the situation in the in the West. The last place Kings are eight points out of a spot. 
and in comparison like in comparison in the west the um the third team out of a playoff spot in the in the east is the rangers and they're nine points out of a spot last place is currently 15 points out so a lot closer race in the west and that is between the oilers the blues the coyotes the ducks the canucks the avalanche the stars and then the wild too that's a ton of teams not a lot of points separate them um i i like st louis hopefully they continue to get some good goaltending from jordan binning jordan binnington who fun fact he didn't even play for their farm team last year he got loaned to providence so interesting to see him come in steal uh put up a couple good games and someone steal the starting job from jake allen so good on him coyotes are kicking to ducks everyone's this is just a wild wild west and hopefully it comes right down to the wire and i'm all here for that so that's standing to watch in the nhl some trades that happen um obviously the teravinen for rask trade we talked about already brad hunt and a sixth to vegas for a fifth conditional fifth between washington and their own brad hunt's very good offensive defenseman the ahl has not converted in the nhl but this was an interesting trade that i found i didn't even realize it happened it happened today so the la kings acquire a fifth round pick from the chicago blackhawks in exchange for the reserve rights for forward Dominic Kubalic. Now, Kubalic is the leading scorer in the Swiss League right now. He's 23 years old. He has yet to come over to North America. I believe he was a seventh-round pick to the Kings in 2013. Yes, he was. So, clearly they weren't able to get him to come over. Uh, but he, there is talent there. And I would love to see what he can do uh, in North America. If the, the Blackhawks can guarantee him some ice time, maybe. Um, like Pretty much that's all they can guarantee him. They can't guarantee him any wins, obviously. But regardless, they can guarantee him some ice time. Maybe they can get him signed because I think his rights expire somewhat soon. And actually... Now that I'm looking at his contract in the Swiss League does continue into next year. So we're keeping our eye on that one. But I thought that was pretty interesting that uh, the Blackhawks would go out and get a guy like that. Maybe they, they have an inside source that they're able to get him. So keep our eye open on that one. Um, that's pretty much it. Th- this next part I'm separating from news around the league because this is the Oilers and just the the, the dumpster fire the mockery that has been the Edmonton Oilers so right now a lot of uh, Ty Ratty who was playing first line I believe at the beginning of the season um, is now on waivers Ty Ratty that was a guy that they were relying on for a lot of offense they were saying oh like this is the solution to our depth issues. And this is a guy that was, I mean, on opening night, played 19-13. You relied on him for offense, and now he's on waivers. And who else is on waivers? Ryan Spooner. 
Now, when they acquired Spooner, to me, that didn't really make sense because Spooner tops out as a 50-point guy. He's only offense. He's terrible on defense, as Bruins fans know, and even Rangers fans probably. So, like, acquiring a guy like that, unless you're, you're like, an AHL-level team, like, why? And you gave up Ryan Strom, who was clearly a lot better than him. I know he was struggling. He wasn't doing as well as he should have with the Oilers, but, I mean... Just really ugly there that both of them are on waivers, and then they sign Koskinen, and then I I like I don't know, like, but the thing is with me what what I see with this like oh it was a boiling point and then they got rid of Shirelli, but like I mean last year wasn't a boiling point, like they were horrible last year, like what was their plan they did nothing, like oh yeah don't worry our prospects. They'll all, we're all going to put them on a big old steroid program and they're going to take over and we're going to do awesome. We have Ty Ratty. Ty Ratty's going to change all our problems. Like, they signed Koskinen in the offseason. That was pretty much it. There was nothing groundbreaking with their offseason. So, I mean, signing, what, a 31-year-old to a contract like that after he's played... 24 starts this year. I don't know. Ciao, Shirelli. That was a really interesting tenure. And if they don't make a lot of personnel changes in there, then I don't see why this circus would not continue. But, you know, thoughts and prayers with Connor McDavid, hopefully. And Leon Dreisaitl. He's a very talented player, too. Um, thoughts and prayers with both those guys. Hopefully, some the hand of God comes and touches the Oilers just for their sake. It's really disappointing to see the best player on the planet come out and have to give press conferences saying like, I like some of these players just need to go because they're tuned out. It's halfway through the season. Anyways, ciao Shirelli. You were an absolute gem. (laughs) So those are my notes on that. Uh, That's where we have on the, Wild Wild West in the standings. East, a bit more of a pillow fight, kind of. A lot of separation. Um, the Isles, I don't see this continuing. And the Oilers, something. Just someone, please. Honestly, give them another first overall pick. I don't care. Like, as long as it turns this fucking team around. So, anyways, let's get into it. Leafs, week in review, I guess we can call it. There was one game, but finally... A win. I mean, I know everyone was saying finally a win. We did win against Tampa Bay not too long ago, but it was only a two-game losing streak. It felt a lot longer because this stretch of 500 hockey that they've played over the past 20 games was kind of felt like purgatory. It wasn't great. So, anyways, let's move on. This game, to start the game, I got to say, was not good. There were zero quality shots through five. Um... Ovechkin almost got a... Uh, Frederick Anderson had to make a huge save early. Shocker that Ojiganov and Marinson were on the ice for that one. Really did not see that one coming. They, they've, they're really two good shutdown defensemen. Said nobody ever. So, And then there was another play actually in there. Before we actually got a good chance that Ovi missed... He whiffed on the puck in front of the net. That was almost a good scoring chance. And then luckily knocked himself out of the game for a little bit. So, um, anyways, 
So after all that garbage, the, the first what, half of the first period was not very good. Uh, we finally got a couple, um, couple strong shifts. Uh, we saw some the friends line, the Matthews, Marner, Marlowe, Triple M line, um, gain some traction, find some chemistry with one another. Um, there was a decent fourth line shift in there. You know, we fell back into the defensive zone a couple times too. Uh, and then we actually fell back into some more sloppy uh, hockey. But after, it was good to see in that period that these new lines, the, the new lines were kind of figuring one another out and that they did slowly start to get better. That was a prom- That was something promising to see. Um, and thank God we got that lucky goal at the end of the first. And that's just kind of what the Leafs have been missing. A little bit of luck. I mean, they they haven't been playing horribly in a lot of these games. But in, in, for the majority of them, they've been out playing the other team. Just no luck with it. And finally, they got some luck. I mean, and finally, Nylander got on the score sheet due to some luck. I mean, that's just what he needed, really. Just a puck hits a couple skates, pinballs in front, and Kadri taps it home. I mean just it, it, it's hockey it's a little random at times but it was good to see my takeaways from the first where the chemistry was starting to build you could see and finally a bounce went their way actually a lot of bounces went their way in this game there was a couple good chances from uh uh the capitals there was one play i believe eller hit the back and that's when I say back, I mean the Adidas logo, I believe. He hit the Adidas logo on Frederick Anderson, and the puck still stayed out. So, finally they got some luck. And it showed. And then, like, you could tell that the players were feeding off of this. They're finally getting some... Their, their misfortune seemed to be... The, the, the cloud of misfortune seemed to have lifted off of this team. And... It seemed like they were flying after it was a bunch of it looked like a bunch of weights had been lifted off of this team through this game and they just started to get better and better. I mean they fell behind in the second period there with that Ovechkin goal, but by the way, I mean Timothy Jimothy Oshi uh Oshi, which I'm I I looked it up once. I looked up TJ Oshi full name on Wikipedia once and it said that it was his middle name was Jimothy like the second part of the J stood for Jimothy. And I refuse to believe that that J stands for anything else. And I mean anything. His name is Timothy Jimothy. So he he had a lot of... He looked awesome with Ovi out there. That Ovechkin goal was just like, holy... Such a special player. Such a, such a talent. Such amazing to watch. If you've ever been in the building um, at a game where the Capitals are playing... And Ovechkin touches the puck. Just a whole away crowd tenses up. There's not a lot of players who are like that. And to see him, hopefully he can keep doing this until he's like 70 years old. Because it is such an incredible thing to look at. So, anyways. In the second period, some more bad plays by Marinson. More bad plays, miscues by Ojiganov. Shocker. We did not see a lot of them. Unfortunately, I can't find period by period um, time on ice stats. 
that would have been nice because I was really curious to see what the ice time of Ojiganov and Marinson was towards the middle part and towards the end of the and in the third period for this game because it seemed like they were playing less and less and as a result I mean the back end was playing a lot better and the back end was moving the puck out a lot more efficiently I mean I don't know but anyways and this so my big takeaway from the second period was it seemed like they were giving the puck away a lot less they were finding each other. They were moving the puck through the neutral zone with a lot more ease. And as a result, they were getting a lot more chances. And, I mean, we give Zaitsev a lot of shit. And all, even though on that that uh, penalty, uh, the power play goal scored by Washington, he was out of position. I mean, Zaitsev didn't play horrible tonight. And he even scored. I mean, like, it was it was shocking to me. A little assist from Nylander. How many times, like, coming into this game, who would have thought that would have happened? But, anyways. A couple strong sequences. Finally, Austin Matthews got one, too. Tried to do the curl and drag. Hit a couple sticks and went five-hole. Just the luck that he, this guy needed. A monkey off the back there. Um, and then in the third, it was more... It was just all Leafs. And you could tell that in the second... Washington started to die. They're coming off the back-to-back. It was an overtime game yesterday. It was a very... I mean, not yesterday. The game before. It was a very spirited game against San Jose that Washington played. 7-6, loss in overtime. And you could tell that they were just emotionally drained and that the Leafs had their number up until when they scored the fifth goal. Yeah. When they made it 5-2 in the third period. After that, Washington did start to come back. Toronto was playing a little bit on their heels. Um, Frederick Anderson actually played fairly well, but I mean, just they took they took like half from the second half of the from the ha- halfway point about in the second period, all the way till what the halfway point in the third period. Yeah, just about the halfway point in the third period, they they lost it, and that's what cost them this game. Because I really don't think that Washington was that out of it for most of this game. They played fairly well for the most part. Just that 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 period, you can call it, that they took off absolutely slaughtered them this, in this game. And I think another thing that slaughtered them, this, them in this game was starting Holpe. You're starting a goalie both nights on a back-to-back, which is number one that you shouldn't be doing. I know he's coming off of injury, he should be rested, blah, blah, blah. He's got the all-star break coming up. But, like, goalies never really play well on the second night of a back-to-back. And you're also playing a guy that got shelled for seven goals. Like, that just must be terrible. Like, 12 goals in a span of, what, 26 hours that they scored, that you get scored on you? Holy hell. Like, this isn't men's league. This isn't shake it off. That, that must have killed him and thank god he had that break for there's that break for Holby 12 goals and two starts on a back-to-back jeez is he sleeping with the coach's wife or something that just sucks anyways so a solid game for the Leafs they really just looked more energetic than Washington 
through that little stretch there. The monkey came off the back for a lot of guys on this team, which was nice to see. And really the bottom line. Oh, and you want to talk about luck? That double post for Connor Brown. And then it just went right like tape to tape to Nazem Kadri. I mean, damn. That was something interesting to see. Kind of sucks for Connor Brown. He doesn't score a lot, but, you know, you still get the primary apple. They all count towards your point total at the end of the game, at the end of the day. So, my takeaways from this game, I mean, hopefully that, uh, hopefully a lot of, uh, points that were going on the board for a lot of the players that were slumping hopefully a lot of guys that got points in this game that were slumping and I mean when I say that I mean Nylander, Matthews and Kadri those are the three primary ones Uh, hopefully this just carries over until after the all-star break and that you know the puck starts going in for more more, uh, most of them and that this needed this little break really clears their head. Um, I didn't think that they were horrible. They kind of looked... I don't know. They weren't really getting the breaks against... Uh, I'm going to use the two games, Florida and Arizona. And that's what kind of killed them. I think they played well against Arizona. There was a couple defensive breakdowns that killed them. Uh and hopefully Jake Gardner gets healthy because Martin Marinson needs to be sent as far away from the team as possible. I mean, the Marlies is not far enough. I mean, that's the lakeshore to downtown. We need to send this guy to like Tuscaloosa or something, just Orlando. Send him to the Solar Bears. Even though we're not affiliated with them anymore, he needs to be far away from this team because he's terrible. And I don't know why he has, uh, I think it's a one-way contract with this team. Like, just ridiculous how bad he was in this two-game call-up. And that, that that should be noted from management. But anyways, nice to see the puck go finally go in the back of the net in abundance for the Leafs in this one. And, you know, hopefully they come out strong after All-Star break. So, last segment, I'm going to get into the CHL Top Prospects game. I do have extended highlights of that game up on YouTube. Thank you to everyone that's watched it. It's got, I think, around 600 views right now, which is just unheard of for my videos. So that was really nice to see. But, yeah. And I posted an article about it on Rink Rat Report, the the website. It was The article was pretty much just saying how the stats of each of the players coming into the game and what their NHL Central scouting midterm ranking was so that was what I thought a decent article I mean pat myself on the back because if I don't who will so anyways uh in this game uh finally I got to see Matt Shogard um the dude that kind of looks like uh Thor the six foot seven goalie for Denmark in the world juniors finally I got to see him stop a puck because that was really unfortunate what he experienced at the World Juniors. Um, he's a huge goalie, covers a lot of net, putting up really good numbers in the WHL. Uh, I find his technique to be a little bit sloppy when he moves cross-crease. Uh, his, the rest of his body isn't really coming with him. 
what he needs to develop his game is he needs to build up a little bit more core strength and like tighten up his form kind of and we could have an absolute gamer on our hands he's right now number three nhl central scouting midterm rankings um the other goalie that impressed me obviously um hunter jones is one that i liked out of peterborough he's getting a ton of shots in peterborough right now he's ranked number two um he was all right in this game i don't think either goal was really his fault uh one of them being a one-timer from kaliev which is rarely stopped because kaliev's just got such a cannon my goodness but there was that goal and then there was the the goal from uh Samuel Poulem uh, off a, t- a point shot tip and then he was able to get his own rebound not too too much you can do there but I thought he was pretty good in this game as well um, in the second half uh, in the second half of this game the goalies really got shelled especially Taylor Gauthier my god that was just not a performance you want to be putting up in in a showcase game like that so what was it um team or was down four to two and I'll, I'll look up the exact time but i'll look up the exact timings but they were up team or was up four to two and they lost they were up four to two in late in the third period and they lost it was absolutely such a collapse. It was a collapse for the ages, pretty much. Because I was clipping that game, and I missed, like, the last three goals. They happened so quick. And my stream was really off, and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, it got into the extended highlights. That's all that matters. So, Taylor Gauthier maybe wanted that one back. But guys that really stood out to me in this game, obviously Graham Clark with the flashy goal. A nice little toe drag head fake on Showgarden tucks it home pretty nice celly too I, I, i'll give it a six out of ten nothing too too crazy i mean you're playing against team cherry you might want to celebrate a little bit more just to get under don's skin he wasn't there but his name is on the team so i would have gone crazy i would have thrown my gloves into the stands if that were me but anyways it's not um that robertson kaliev krebs line I thought was awesome. Uh, they had Krebs was player of the game for Team Cherry. Kaliev had two goals and an assist. Nick Robertson, um, Nick Robertson finished with three assists in this game, three shots on goal. Um, just all around, it looked like they had a ton of chemistry together, and I think that really starts with Nick Robertson's ability to pass the puck. Right now, his knock is that he uh, he's a pretty tiny guy, but his numbers have been... He's ranked 31 right now. 31 or 30? 30. 30 right now. He started off zero points in his first five games. Right now, he's got 33 and 31. So that means 33 points in his last 26 games, if my math is correct. Not too bad. But he's like about five foot eight or something like that. Uh, the big thing that a lot of people told me about him, though, really strong, really strong player. So it'll be curious to see how much he can, the numbers that he can put up moving forward, and how much he can increase his draft stock because he put on 
a fantastic performance. Just the little nuances of him. I mean, and I said this in a tweet. His assist on the Peyton Krebs goal, he he made a little movement towards the corner as if to say, like, no, I'm going to cycle this back up to the point. And then it threw off both defensemen. Both defensemen were not expecting that pass in front. And just those little nuances that throw off the defense, that throw off the goaltender, that are going to help him move to the next level and succeed there. That's my two cents right there. Arthur Kaliev, just that shot is fantastic. And his ability to move into position uh, and get open to get that one-timer off is just incredible. And we actually saw him throw a hit. A big thing with him is that he's soft. I, I didn't see that in this game. So I'm going to get another good look at him on Saturday when he plays Mississauga. So I'll update everyone on what I see from him there. But just that line was incredible. Um, on team or, as I expected coming into the game, the line of Kirby Doc, Dosh Doc, I don't know, Leishin and Pelletier was lights out. Pelletier, such a good playmaker, such a fast player. Brett Leishin, just all around fantastic. Six foot five, can absolutely fly. Won the skating, uh, what's it called? Testing without the puck so wow six foot five can fly very talented player too missed an open net had a pretty good chance off the rush um and then ended up scoring a huge goal and a pretty nice one for team Orr. and then kirby doc who six foot four centerman great playmaker i think he's gonna draw some comparisons to as someone has told me josh from lester has told me um, some comparisons to Blake Wheeler, Ryan Getzloff, that kind of mold right there. Those three guys were fantastic, and they really stood out. And they pretty much them and uh, that Grant and uh, Graham Clark really carried Team War to victory on this one. So, other guys that didn't really make the highlight tape that really stood out to me, uh, Jamison Reese had a couple nice plays. He's had some injury issues in this game. Jamison Reese was playing for uh, Team Cherry. He had some injury issues this year. He's only played 24 games. Represented Canada at the Holinka Gretzky. He's a pretty talented player. Um, I don't think he's... I might be speaking out of term. It just might be the way he's uh, skating. But I don't think he's the, the biggest player. I'll get... Is exact five foot ten, one seventy two. So I was correct on that one. Uh, a lot of people putting him in the the second round right now, but I think he's an extremely talented player, and it really he was able to show it in this game. I mean, he may not have uh, may not have scored or gotten highlight real play, but I thought he was pretty good. Two shots on goal uh, in this one, and he showed some skill in this one too, and he really did stand out. Uh, another player from Team Cherry, Raphael Lavois. He, again, three shots on goal, no points, but six foot four, pretty big frame, handles the puck very well, and uses his size incredibly well. He's only 196 right now. I have a good feeling he'll fill in very nicely, but, and I don't think his stats really show what his, play, his abilities are, but just such a good player. Um, off the cycle, I want to say, because he's able to shield the puck with his big body very well, and he's also got a really quick shot too. So, and he was, so 
his physicality really did stand out to me in this game and the use of his physicality to create offense and to sustain a a cycle was very impressive so those are a couple of players um we'll say one from one more from Timor that impressed me in this one um Connor McMichael was already scored that game winning goal uh, Tomasino had a couple nice plays here and there. Suzuki, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from, but Connor McMichael, I'm going to highlight that last goal. I thought there was no chance he was going, uh, I guess Taylor Gauthier is a right-handed goaltender, so glove hand, short side on that one. I mean, just his body language. He held the puck. He was patient with it, which was very nice to see. And then it looked like he was kind of leaning towards going far side and then just flick of the wrist, uh, almost top shelf, short side. That was a really nice play. And he showcased himself very nicely in this tournament. He, I think he came first in one of the skating testings as well. So, yeah, no one really played that bad that I would have moved them down any rankings. Vukovic was a pretty good defenseman out there. Constantino, I think he's going to be a good nab. He's pretty underrated. He's playing in that tire fire Kingston right now. But hopefully we get to, we will see him at the U18s tournament uh, in the spring. Uh, so that, I think, will be a good draft booster for him. So um, other players from the NHL Central Scouting list that stood out to me. Uh, I don't... Th- there was not a ton. I mean... I, I would think that Dylan Cousins, even though he didn't play extremely well in that prospects game, I think that Dylan Cousins is my number two behind Jack Hughes for the North American rankings. Um, as you'll notice, a lot of United States development players on this list ranked in the top 31. And I think that that's really going to show at the under 18 championship when they're all together on a team there. Uh, just some names to throw it here number five Alex Turcott number six Matthew Boldy number seven Trevor Zegras they got the number one goaltender in Spencer Knight Cam York number 12 he's a uh, at number 12 he's a defenseman not overly sized but again a, another very good one highly touted in this one Cole Caulfield kind of surprising considering he's only five foot seven but just absolutely electric and was fantastic last year at the under 18s so yeah a lot and then there's a bunch more so that you're gonna see this you under 18 team is gonna be absolutely lethal at the the united states development program is gonna be lethal at the under 18s and and you're gonna see a lot of americans names called in the first round of this draft that's not to say i mean a lot of canadians did step up and play very nicely in the chl top prospects game but you know there was there's a lot of named american names on this list and it's not too surprising because they last year to put into perspective last year they won the under 17s made it past the first round of the playoffs in the ushl for the first time in like 10 years and now that under 17 team is the under 18s so 
not too too surprising for me. Um, as for the Europeans, Kako obviously number one. It'll be interesting to see where Pod Colson goes. He's the number two ranked European skater right now, uh, and I say that because he's got a lot of physical skill. He's very fast. He does make himself kind of small when he skates because he's hunched over, but very fast, very skilled, very good shot. Had a lot. Didn't put up a necessarily a ton of points at the juniors, but had a lot of very good plays. That I mean, he was all over my notebook when I saw him playing. Uh, but he doesn't have the best season stats right now, and I think they have improved. And they have improved since the World Juniors, but it'll be interesting to see how much scouts weigh the eye test versus what they have on paper with Pod Colson, Sig. And then after that, nothing too surprising. Phil Broberg, number three. He's a pretty good big defenseman. Didn't play a lot at the juniors, but that's expected as he's only 18 years old and was a very last-minute invite. Um, yeah, nothing too, too surprising with the, uh, the central scouting here. Uh, just those notes that I made uh, as I uh, notes that I mentioned and what I saw in the top prospects game so I think a lot of talent's going to be available in the second round here um, and it's going to be driven by the fact that you're going to have guys like Jamison Reese I don't think it's going to go in the first round injury issues size you're going to see him go in the second round but that's going to be a nice little nab there maybe scouts say Nicholas Robertson is too small Maybe he's available top second tops of the second round. Who knows there? Uh, on another one, I had Graham Clark, as you've seen in the highlights. A lot, a lot of skill there. and But just hasn't put up a terrific amount of numbers at a very good Ottawa team right now. Maybe if he fits it all together, he could be a fantastic NHLer. But he'll be available low second round, I want to say. Maybe even early third. Probably around low second round. Um... And even Connor McMichael, I mean, he's got a ton of goals and points with London right now, but he's ranked 28th. He's right on that brink there. So the second round always is, the top of the second round is always very interesting, but I think that you're going to see pretty much the entire first second round be filled with some uh, potential steals in this draft. A lot of depth. I mean, it may lack the Connor McDavid... Austin Matthews draft where at the top it was so exceptional but this is in my opinion a pretty deep draft there's a lot of talent here maybe I'm overvaluing some guys I don't think so but a lot of guys that I like and have shown very well in showcase scenarios so anyways that's all my thoughts on this week uh, I'll be back Sunday. I'm going to talk about the two games I'm going to, and that being the Steelheads and the Colts, and the I think the Steelheads and the Bulldogs on Saturday, as well as I don't even think I can tee up the Leafs' upcoming schedule, but we'll see. Depends how I feel. Anyways, that's all for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please subscribe for more. Uh, follow us on, in, we have Instagram now, Twitter, and the website for some more electric content.